Welcome, hola, what's good? Hey, y'all, hey, you are tuned in to Circle Up with Amanda Heard. What's good, y'all? Here we are, season three, episode seven. I am super excited. I can't believe the season is where it is right now. We only have a few more episodes until this season is over. Thank you all once again for tuning in each and every week um, just to hear what I have to say. That's a beautiful thing. So today, listen, I am super excited. I have the privilege to be able to sit in the room while one of my very good friends shares her beautiful testimony. It's a testimony that gets a little It gets a little deep. It's a testimony that's a little challenging to the ear, but at the same time, it exposes how amazing God is. It just really allows God to rest in your presence and let you know that no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter how uh, terrible or no matter how much of a place that you think that you are stuck in, God is right there with you. God is going to make sure that there is an exit, a way of escape for you. All you have to do is fall in line and be obedient to his will. Listen, this is a very sensitive matter. Um, We are raising awareness to domestic violence as we are in the month of domestic violence awareness. So tune in, grab your snacks, drinks, and chairs, and let's get ready to circle up. today. I am super, super excited about this story. As I told y'all before, this is a beautiful testimony. It's a beautiful story. Um, I know that somebody that is listening, somebody that has decided to tune in is either connected to someone that this story is going to help free them from a place that they have been shielded in for such a time, or it's going to be able to touch somebody that really, really, really is in that place of give up, really in that place of a loss of hope, really feeling like they are just defeated and there's no exit for them. So I'm excited for her to share this testimony. Um, I know as she sits here, oh my gosh, I wish you guys can see it. She's just in awe. It's so it's so raw and it's so rare um, when you get people to share their full truth. And so um, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to be um, an ear and um, yeah, let's let's get right into it. What's up, Miracle? Hi. <laughs> I love to say, um, when I, every time I talk to her, I like to say, you're a cow. <laughs> and I don't even know where that came from. I don't either. I don't know. <laughs> Does it make you giggle? Yeah. I'm like, hey, you're a cow. <laughs> it's funny. But she has many of nicknames, so hey, it is what it is. I don't know. My grandma named me or nicknamed me Moosey. I'm still confused as to why she gave me that nickname. And I'm poo. <laughs> no. And I'm sure whoever's listening to y'all probably know a couple of poos, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's dive right in. What's up, America? Hi, you guys. It's an honor and blessing to be here. Um, this is my first time actually sharing. I have shared clips and like on Facebook, and I spoke about it um, one time a few years ago, but um, this is going to be my first time actually giving my full-blown story raw uncut. So. Wow, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So lead us right into it. Where does this all begin? Um, it began when I was um, 
around 12. Um, it's a family member and that family member, um, he was doing more so of the touching and the feeling while my mom was away at work. Um, it went from one family member to another and that family member got, um, was more physical as in he made me have intercourse with him. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, my mindset totally changed. And you have to realize I was, it was back to back. And by that time I was in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So my mindset was different from the normal fifth graders that you would see. Um, I acted out. I didn't know how to express myself because, you know, he said that nobody was going to believe me. And of course, I'm in fifth grade and he's older. So I'm going to believe when he say nobody's going to believe me. I was scared to say anything to anybody. So that's something that I kept with me forever up until like three years ago, two or three years ago. I, it was stuck with me. Um, so middle school, I was fast. <laughs> I um, loved attention from boys. Mm -hmm. um, I used to fight a lot. I used to get in trouble a lot. I had to, um, they gave me a choice in eighth grade, either to move schools or um, I was gonna be expelled. So I ended up switching from Apex to Garner. From all the different trouble and stuff. Yeah, because I was getting in a whole lot. I was just acting out for no reason. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a reason, but. But at that time it just felt like. Yeah, you know, I was just, it, it seemed like I was just doing stuff just to do it. Mm -hmm. But really I was calling and crying out for help. I just didn't know how to, yeah. to ask for it. So, um, Eighth grade, I moved to Garner, and when I went to Garner, I was unsure of who I was. Like, I didn't know if I wanted to talk to girls. I didn't know if I wanted to be with boys. Oh, this is the first time. <laughs> I didn't know who I was at that point in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So I tried to have a girlfriend. I tried to have a boyfriend. Obviously, the girlfriend didn't work, but it was just still me trying to find who I was. Right. Um, ninth grade was the first time that I had interaction with my first abuser. Um, I met him and it was good at first. It was, mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this is the one. <laughs> like, he's the, the one. The relationship <laughs> was good. and But then it started going left because he was dibbing and dabbing mm -hmm. with his ex-girlfriend and that was just drama all by itself. A red flag, but I ignored the red flag because my mindset was, oh, this mine and... Right. And the place that you were at, you know, there, it was, there was nothing yeah. to lean towards to make you feel like it wasn't. Like, yeah. you, you fight for what's yours. Mm -hmm. You go get what's yours. And what he was giving me, I, I was like, I ain't felt this before. So I, I really felt like it was... It was real, was like the it was so exciting, and he was like a little thug. He was a little gangster, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, this." Was loving it. Yeah, I was loving it. The attention, like 
I used to be with him and the homeboys. I used to be like, yeah. <laughs> but that only lasted for a few, a year and a half. When he first put his hands on me, it was uh, out of a jealous rage. It was him blaming me for my jealousy, if that makes sense. Because I found out he was still talking to his ex-girlfriend, which is his baby mama. Um, and when I found out, I confronted him about it. Mm -hmm. And it, he hit me. And mm -hmm. he, was, he was upset because I found out about it. And of course, it was the, okay, I'm done with you. I'm not doing this with you no more. But he said what everybody say, I'm sorry. Um, you made me so angry. Um, I won't do it again. Okay, I believe you, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. So he didn't hit me after that for a little while, but then the rage, I started to see more rage mm -hmm. within another year or so. Um, he had a baby on me, but I still stayed because I was just like this, he still was. What he gives me is. Yeah, he was still giving me the attention that I wanted. But then 10th grade, I started seeing other dudes. I was just like, nah, I'm getting <laughs> some more attention from people. I, I'm, you know, so I started falling back just a little bit. Um, one particular time we was in school, um, I was in the hallway and I called myself having another boyfriend and I was standing beside the boy. He used to walk me to class and stuff like that. He was a real nice guy, military dude. He was the guy that I was supposed to, <laughs> supposed to go after. But no. So we were sitting in the hallway and um, he came up to me and he was like, um, let me talk to you. And I was like, um, no, I'm about to go to class. Like, my my dude is about to walk me to class. I was being very sarcastic. Mm -hmm. But he lifted his shirt up, and he had a gun. Wow. And I looked, I was like, and my dude, he, he was, his interior was hard, but he was just like, we all was just shocked, like, because mm -hmm. you could see it there. And the girl that was with me, she was like, Miracle, you need to go tell the office because mm -hmm. there's no telling what he's going to do. And I'm like, no, that's okay. Um, I got this. I'll talk to him. So how did you feel in that moment? Were you, like, scared, nervous, or was you, like, were you in that tough stage? Like, well, he ain't going to do nothing. I was in a tough stage. Although he had hit me before, mm -hmm. I was still like, you ain't, you ain't about that life right. in, my, in my brain. Mm -hmm. But then it got, when he pulled me away, mm -hmm. Then that's when I started to feel like, oh snap, he, he's serious. He about to do something and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was like, I should have just said something when my friend at the time was like, Miracle, we need to go to the office. Mm -hmm. But luckily she went to the office and she told them, um, you know, he got a gun and he took her. He was taking me to some apartments that was around the school, but she was just letting them know that she saw the gun mm -hmm. or whatever. So, of course, they had to do the school um, lockdown, mm -hmm. and the police came, and they was asking me questions because he ran once they re he realized that it was a lockdown, and they told him the police was coming. He ran away, 
and they pulled me in the office. I was locked in the office, and all I can remember, um, my guidance teacher, she was like, Miracle, you gotta, she said, you deserve better, you gotta get out of this. And I'm like, get out of what? Because I'm like, what do you, it's nothing. It was just, feel like a situation. Yeah, I didn't, at that moment, no. It was like. I was like, he's just mad. I said, he'll be okay. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah. He's fine. And then um, she was like, no, this is not normal. Like, you really need to leave. And I'm just like, I'm not going nowhere. It's okay. I was trying to reassure her yeah. that I was okay. But um, I remember my mom coming in. They wouldn't let her in the building, of course, because it's a, a lockdown. And I just remember her when they finally she was like somebody better let me in here because i know it's my daughter in full mama mode yeah right? full mama mode so all i can remember was her like crying and hugging me and i'm just i embraced it but i was confused because although i was scared i was still like i know he wouldn't hurt me like that i, I know he wouldn't do that so me and him we stopped talking for a few weeks that's it but then I was grown, grown, and I called myself moving in with him. That's when it really changed. Well, how did y'all get back together? He called. Mm -hmm. He called. And the, he sold you broken promises. Yeah, and the lovemaking was good. Mm -hmm. um, and it sealed the deal. That was just it. And I was like, okay. And he was like, come, what turned into a weekend turned into. A, a little while of me staying there. Um, that's when the, the fights happened um, a lot. He used to whoop me with belts. I would have to bend over, and if he felt like that was my way of being punished, he would whoop me with belts. Um, this one incident, I was running away from him in the house, Hiding in the bathroom, it was nowhere to run to, cause of how the locks was, it was like the front door and then um, the porch had another door and it was like a lock to it or something. But I couldn't get out of it, so I ran to the bathroom and I closed the door and he was like kicking and punching. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you seen the movie, The Shining, when he punched the door and he mm -hmm. stuck his head in. That scene right there was the scene that happened with me wow. and him. Like, he was punching, 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 kicking, kicking, yelling for me to get out, come out the bathroom. And he was like, I'm not going to hurt you. Come out the bathroom. Kicking, punching, kicking until he finally, like, his whole fist went through the door. And he, like, stuck his hand in there and was, like, opening the door and he dragged me out. And what was going through your mind in this time? Um, I was thinking I was going to die. Mm. Because at that moment, he threw me on the bed and he had a, the machete knife and he had that to my throat. Mm -hmm. So if I would have moved an inch, it would have been, uh, it would have been over. And was he aggressively yelling at you? Yeah. Telling you like, he was making threats? Yeah, he was definitely making threats. He, um, if you leave me, um, well, if you leave me, I'll kill you. Um, nobody else wants you but me. He was making those type of threats. Like, you're not going nowhere. Um, if I can't have you, nobody else going to have you. He, um, and his favorite thing with me was to tell me that my family didn't love me. And I don't know why I believed it. It was just like so, 
And my family was trying to get me away from him. Yeah. And I was just like believing him when he was saying that my family don't love me and they didn't want me. I think I was more so embarrassed with everything that was happening. And I was like, well, maybe he is right. Yeah. And maybe they don't want me anymore. But um, he, it was more so a jealous rage with him. The, the abuse was, he used to bang my head against the wall. So every time his insecurities would rise, he would that's take when it, his anger out. Yeah, that's when it would happen. If his insecurities come to play or if I found out that he's been talking to another female mm-hmm. and I confront him about it. Um, he used to have females calling his phone while I was standing there. One time I answered the phone and she was like, yeah, it's such and such home. And I was like, uh, who is this? And she was like, um, yeah, we've been talking, telling me everything. He used to drive my car to go see her. Like, and I knew she wasn't lying because she mentioned the car and what I had in the car and how I had it in the car. So when I confronted him, his brother was there. He was so pissed off, but he didn't show it in front of his brother. But I could tell because he used to, his nostrils used to flare. And I used to be like, and he used to do some noise like sucking his, you know, somebody suck his teeth like, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh gosh, I'm about to get my tail whooped later. So you knew. I knew it, it was got coming. to a point where. Yeah, I knew when he was, was pissed. I knew he was. So I used to walk on eggshells. And that night when I asked him about the girl calling, because I gave him the phone. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see what he was going to do. And he was talking to her like he was. Like you weren't there. Yeah, he was talking to her, but he was triggered. And I saw the anger as soon as, cause his brother was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing pointing at me? Like, why are you even doing that? So when his brother left, he um, was banging my head against the wall. And like I, I started bleeding in the back of my head. Mm. And it's like he zoned out because once he saw the blood, he was like, what happened? Who did that? And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So one time I was trying to leave, um, two of my cousins came down there. And was this well after yeah, the blood? Yeah, this blood. was well after. I was to the point where I was getting fed up. Um, my two cousins came down there. And he was like in a corner, like he was a kid, like in trouble. He did not move. He, because they were ready for war. Mm. Them two won't play no games. They told me, pat my stuff up, help me pat my stuff up, and put my stuff in the car, and I was able to leave. But I went back. How long did you stay away? Um, it was a few weeks. It it always be a few weeks, like. And in that time, was your mind just like racing? How you you begin to miss him? You begin to think that he is a good guy. And he yeah, does love me. I thought I could change him. Mm-hmm. I thought it was something happening, and I thought I could change that something from happening. Mm-hmm. And I thought that if I was a better person for him and not make him so angry, then our relationship would get better. So you begin to fault yourself. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. All this time, I'm still in school. So, 
And that's when I ended up meeting my second abuser. Because it was like, um, as I was falling out of that one, I met this one. And it was just like, just like the last one, it was perfect in the beginning. And I, I had completely stopped talking to the last one. And I was just like, I'm, I'm moving on. And this is my knight in shining armor. And did he let you he's, or was it? It was a battle. It was a battle between them two because I didn't know that they were, they weren't friends, but they knew each other from like around Raleigh. Mm -hmm. So, and they were, like I said, they gangsters. So they kind of knew each other from that. So they would yeah. run mm -hmm. each to, to each other. So it was kind of like a war with them two, low key. It was like, yeah, I know you talking to such and such. So. It, when I see you, I'm gonna touch you every time. Wow. They was doing that amongst each other, but the second, the second one, I really felt like he was my knight in shining armor. Like, literally, everything was perfect to me. Like, mm -hmm. um, everything. He was such a gentleman. He could sing, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, yes. <laughs> He used to play um, the drums, like, in church and stuff. He used to go with me to church and stuff. Um, but then, within two years, um, he started doing drugs. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing drugs, your, your anger gets the best of you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. And I still struggle telling the story with with him because it was so intense it was so much like it's really really a struggle to even think about mm -hmm. i always like to push push stuff in the back of my mind if i don't like to be bothered with it mm -hmm. and i have i'm so good at it i'm mm -hmm. so good at you like yeah it. i'm so good at pushing it back like i, I only said like one story from out of everything that happened with him. Wow. Um, literally one story. So it's just, so bear with me with this next part because I just don't like to even think about it. I'm tearing up and thinking about it now, so. Well, deep breath in, deep breath out. Share what you can. Yeah, I wanna share. I want to share some stuff that I feel like people need to hear. Because I know I went through everything I went through for a reason. So I used to like ask myself, why me? Like, why am I going through this? But then someone came to my church one time and he was like, why not you? And it made me think like some people wouldn't have been able to endure what I endured. They wouldn't be able to handle it. Like, everything happens for a reason, so. Um, so he came in, this is your knight in shining armor. Yeah. He was everything that the last guy wasn't. He was, he lifted you up in a place and you put so much trust in him. Two years down the road, drugs kicked in and everything began to switch. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Um, I can't even remember the first time 
it happened so many times, I can't even remember the first time that he put his hands on me. Like the first actual altercation. But um, he's, he used to get angry about little stuff and I'm just like, what is happening with you? And it wasn't until after, it was his anger at first, but it wasn't until after I had the baby that he was just like, it increased. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because he was more into it. Like he was more, he was dipping and dabbing before and I could see it, but it was already too late when I found out I was pregnant. So, so he had been abusing you before. Yeah. You were pregnant. Yeah. Abusing, abusing you during the pregnancy? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And with him, it's different because I knew his, I knew his background and I knew what he was capable of. So it was more terrifying to consider leaving mm -hmm. because the threats he made. He saw them to he he's he's done it. So when he made those threats to me, I was like, oh, they ain't, hands down believable. There's no way I could get out of this. That's what I used mm -hmm. to think in my head. Um, I remember one time we was somewhere in Fuquay, and um, I don't even know why he was mad at that point, but I know I was hanging out the car. I was laying down in the back seat because he was on top of me. And and I ended up pulling his hair. You know, once you get that hair, then it's over. Mm -hmm. So um, he was he got out the car and he was like dragging me out the car by my hair. Yeah. So um, and that was in front of people. That was the first time he did it in front of people. Wow. So he was getting more bold with with everything that he was doing. Um, I used to work in Walmart and. Um, he wanted to use my car mm -hmm. and I was like, no, because I knew he was seeing other people at the same time. So while I was working, I knew he was going to see other females. Um, so when I told him, no, he was pissed off. I didn't even make it to work that day because he took me in the woods, um, in a little side road in the woods, similar to how that is out there in your house your house um so nobody could hear me the car was parked all the way down it was like a little path um he took me out of there and um he had a gun and the gun was to my head and when he pulled that trigger i just knew it was over but god because it was jammed and it was, it was jammed twice. Wow. Like, he pulled it twice. That's God. Two times. Nobody but God. But in my brain, that's not how I was thinking. Right. I was like, that was far from how I was thinking. Right. So, the third time when he was trying, he was just, like, trying to, I don't know. I don't know how to even use it. <laughs> so, he was trying to do something with the gun. And he was like, you know what? F it. But he left me there. So I was in the middle of like, nowhere. nowhere. And although I knew the surroundings, like I had nowhere to go. 
Um, what type of day was it? Was it late in the afternoon? Was it? It was midday. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, I was supposed to be going to work. Right. And that was one of my afternoon shifts, like 12 something. Um, but he. I let my mom take my baby because I felt like I had to protect him. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I don't care if I leave, it's not fair to him to even have him in this type of environment. Mm-hmm. She don't even realize, like, she know a snippet. Mm-hmm. She don't even realize the stuff that my son went through, what he's seen as a baby he she so that was like she was like my saving grace when she took my baby he threw him in a car seat one time and that's when I was like I gotta get him out of here I got to I don't even think I even asked her like I think I just like can you watch him and never cause I didn't want to answer no questions mm-hmm. I didn't want her to Cause at the same time I was still trying to protect them. Right. My brothers are crazy, so I was trying to protect my brothers. I didn't want it to be a bloodbath, a blood war. So I was just trying to do what I felt was best for mm-hmm. my child, and I knew being with me and him was not the best thing. We was moving from house to house. We was stand with people, um, so we wasn't stable. Mm-hmm. The only stable thing that I had, and that was barely, was my car and my job at Walmart. And I ended up losing that the day um, he pulled a gun out because I didn't show up. It was like a no call, no show. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have my phone because he took my phone. Um, that day he threw my kid in the car seat. I left, like I left my baby. Like I was trying to get away. Like I knew if I was to leave, he was gonna follow behind me. And I walked up the street and he had his gun with him. And I was just like, you could just kill me. Like I wanted him to just do it, like get it over with. Yeah. But luckily one of his homeboys was driving down the street and like pulled him in the car and I was able that's when I was able to take my child to my mom so it was all in that day yeah and then that was like earlier than me taking my child to my mom and then he wanted it because we linked back up with each other because I was just like he had calmed down apparently mm-hmm. when I talked to him but it was just the front and I was terrified of him. Right. So after the incident that happened in the woods and he pulled the trigger several times and it didn't work, you made your way back home some way or another. And what was it like from that point? Was was he just explaining how he just got over his head and this, that, and the third thing was going to be better? He didn't explain anything. There was no need to explain at this point. No. This is just his actions. Yes. Yeah. He didn't know what it is. Yeah, there was no explanation. He didn't ask where our kid was. Um, so, 
But that's just what it was. And the, day, the days went on. Yeah. The days went on and the abuse went on with it. Did it seem that it increased more and more every time? It did. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I was still trying to. I felt like I needed to. I still had that mindset that I could change people. Mm. I could fix whatever they was going through. And I'm just like, because you wasn't like this before. Mm -hmm. So why are you? Then I, when I realized that what he was doing, I saw residue around his nose. Mm. So that's when I was like, okay, I know how this, I know how this works. Mm -hmm. I know why you're being so aggressive. So I'm like, let's, can we fix this? Can mm -hmm. we? But you know, that was more important. Joe's more important. Um, Did it ever grow to a place where you begin to feel like you want to take your own life? Oh yeah, definitely. Plenty of times. Plenty of times I attempted. I tried, but God is so amazing. Like, even with me trying to cut myself, I couldn't cut myself because I guess I didn't go deep enough. It's just like, I have marks. I was just cutting myself all over my body. I'm just trying to, I didn't, I didn't even know how to do it the correct way, obviously. So you was just poking, stabbing, slicing, wherever you could uh -huh. see it. <laughs> but I was feeling that relief of pain, mm -hmm. like when I would hurt myself. Mm -hmm. It was just like a, <sighs> like a relief. So did you grow an addiction to it? I had started to, mm -hmm. but then I found alcohol. So was this, is, was that around your first drink after the abuse? I mean, I had a few before, mm -hmm. but not like, this was like my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm gonna drink. <laughs> and I was a drinker. I would. When you drank, did it increase the abuse? I was drinking when he was not around. Okay. So he would, cause we ended up getting some a place in um in Raleigh. Mm -hmm. So so um and it wasn't even our place. It was my friend's place. She let us stay there. Mm -hmm. She moved and she was like, okay, you need a place to stay. She didn't want me living the way I was living. Mm. And um, she was like, you could just take over the lease or whatever, but we never did it the correct way because she was just like, here, just take the keys. Right. But that's, that was the worst choice that I could have made in mm. my life. Cause that was when it got really extremely bad. Like I thought that was bad mm -hmm. before, like us going from house to house and stuff like that. But it's bad. Like he it, he did it so often, and one of his homeboys was like, "When he hit you, just laugh." and watch how his reaction is. And I'm like, what? But I tried it, because I just wanted to see, like, 
while he was hitting me, I was on the ground and I just started laughing and I was, and he looked at me and he was confused. That worked for what? Yeah, so wow, that um, is sh shocking because um, I'm thinking that, you know, if he's hitting you and you begin to laugh, it would make him more triggered. But to throw him in confusion. Yeah, he wow. was confused. He wow. was like, he he stopped and like, took a, like a, he looked back like, what? And he like got up and he was like, I'm out of here. Mm. <laughs> but that was the first time he did it. Like, it worked a few times. Cause he, each time it was just like, you're freaking crazy. But, and then it just stopped working, <laughs> of course. Yeah, he's, he was hip to it, but. Um, it was the time that my brother came to those apartments and I, my brother and my mama came the next day and I feel like my brother told my mom mm. something for her to come out there. Cause she, she didn't really, she couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. So when my brother came, he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine, bro. Yeah, like some girls jumped me. Mm -hmm. So So you covered for him. Yeah. I was like, some girls jumped me, so I got a black eye. Like, it's crazy. They just came out of nowhere. I just had this full story. I practiced it because <laughs> um, I knew he was coming. But he looked at me, and then he looked at the guy, and he was just like, you, you effing with my sister? Mm-hmm. He was like, no, man. Like, I could tell my brother was ready for war right then. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, no, like, I promise you. It was some girls, they jumped me, and, and then my mom came the next day. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, she was like, y'all want to go get something to eat? She took us somewhere to get some chicken. Mm -hmm. And she pulled me to the side. She was like, what happened? What happened to you? She was like, tell me what happened. And I was like, it was really some girls, they really jumped me and it came out of nowhere. And she was like, you usually call your cousins. And I'm like, well, I didn't have my phone. Mm -hmm. She was asking too many questions and she could catch me in a lie. So I was like, <laughs> I was like let me go ahead and end this conversation. But she knew something. Mm -hmm. She and knew. at this point she had your child, right? Mm-hmm. You think she was putting two and two together? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she knew, but she didn't want to. I don't know. I believe she was just waiting for me to be ready mm -hmm. to come back home. Yeah. So it's been, like I said, that was the worst time um, in that house. No food, no water. Mm. It, it sucked. Um I've been raped before um, throughout um, both abusers. Uh, the first abuser, he did it multiple times because like, I don't want to do this. Like, who wants to do something with you after you beat my tail? Right. Like, no. Like, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But that, he got a rise out of that. He was like, oh. So you don't want me to touch touch you? Aren't you mine? You giving it to somebody else? No, I just don't want to be touched. 
So right. he used to like beat you and then rape you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Cause after he beat me, he would want to have, get some. And my no to him was, uh, uh. He loved it. Yeah. He loved to see me cry. Both of them loved to see me cry. Both of them, they got a thrill out of seeing the weakness in me, seeing me at my weak point. They both was just, it was like a thriller to them, and they they fed off of it. So. And did you um, become aware of that like after everything, or did you start noticing it during the second relationship? Yeah. Um, but the second the second relationship, it was he only did it like twice. And I'm saying I only did it like it's okay, but I don't even think he even realized because he was so spaced out. I could look at him. It was a whole nother person. It's like it was looking at a demon. Mm. And at first I didn't know what that look was, but now I know now that I'm more spiritually involved um, with everything. But I didn't understand it at first. But... I don't know. All this is just, I hate, I apologize. No, it's okay. It's tough, you know, it's tough. And the weight of it is never light, no matter how long ago it was, no matter how um, long it's been since we overcame it. It's when you remember the weight of it. Just like a good time. When you remember a good time, no matter how long ago it was, you know, you still gather the emotion of that time. And so just sitting here, taking a moment, thinking back on it, the emotion will arise. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot. Because like I said, this was my first time full-blown, raw, uncut, telling the story. So it's kind of like a, and I know it might sound like it's all over the place, but it's like, understand that I had all of this built up in the back of my, my mind. I had pushed it off so much yeah. for many years. So when I, it's just like a roller coaster, everything is happening and all the memories are coming back and it's just, it's a lot. So we put a, we... We talked about in the beginning how it all started around when you were 12 and the different things that you faced with family members and then growing on from there going into um, school and um, just being exposed to your first abusive relationship. And then from that, didn't seem like it got any better, mm -hmm. but for a split moment when the knight um, in shining armor came through and all to find out it was just a disguise mm -hmm. and so now with him you gave birth to mm -hmm. you know a beautiful baby boy and it that even became a moment where it wasn't so joyful because of all the abuse that was mixed in with it I miss I'm sorry to cut you off I miss so many moments with my baby and I felt so guilty in the beginning. Mm. But then I was just like, 
he could have, he might have been gone if I wouldn't have did what I did. If I wouldn't have, because it was like so many careless moments mm -hmm. when he was with, with us. Like, we would stay in an apartment one time, well, a trailer. It was like full of ants and stuff. Like, no child need to be in that type of environment, period. I think a lot of times we forget that when, when people are making choices, they're trying to make the choice, you know, to the best of their ability. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy to point the finger and it's so easy to call people names and talk about the choices that they made and say how you would have made a different decision when you weren't in the situation, you know, for so long. Um, I used to fault um, someone really close to me for not leaving their abusive relationship. and. I couldn't understand why they would just sit there and not just get up and go. But being um, just in the midst and seeing some of the things that I've seen and hearing different people's stories and testimonies, um, it's not as easy as it looks. It's not as easy as it sounds. And a lot of times, um, because it's such a reality to mm -hmm. the to the individu individual, um, they don't seem to view it as something that I need to get out of. Mm -hmm. They feel like, as you even said, something I can change, mm -hmm. something I can do about it. And so how long um, did you stay in this relationship? Let me tell you. The last time, it was 2011. That was the last time I allowed him to put his hands on me. And I knew was, I was getting fed up because I tried to kill him one time well two times um, the first time I tried to run him over and when that last incident happened I knew it was time for change because I had started sleeping with a knife under my pillow mm -hmm. and that was just more of a um, um, a protection for myself so the last incident, it was 2011, around December, I do believe. Um, I had seen one of the, my guy friends that I went to school with. Mm -hmm. Never been, no type of anything, but we saw each other, we went to school together. He was like, uh, Miracle, get my number. We should link, because he just so happened to stay in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. But I forgot to take the number out of the car. Mm. And he was high. So when he seen the number, I don't know if he called the person. I don't know. I don't know. That little message was irrelevant. But when um, he came, I was at his friend's house and he came upstairs, three flights of stairs. He came up there and I knew something was wrong. Because when he was like, come here, and I was like, I wanted to run because mm -hmm. I could just see it. But I didn't know. I had nowhere to run to. It was like I said, we was on the third floor. Mm -hmm. I seen it. I seen that demon. Mm -hmm. And he was like, come here. I said, no. And he was like, 
come here right now. Like he was talking to me like I was a child. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like walked off and then came back. And it was, his face was just so dark. Like his, that face, I, that face was unexplainable. It was like he, like I could see the demon, but then when he walked off for that brief two seconds and came back and was charging at me, mm-hmm. that face was just completely, I can't even describe how that face, it was, I don't even like thinking about that face. Cause it was twisted. It was like a twisted, his lips was twisted. It, he was, it's like a disfigured. Disfigured. Wow. Um, he took me by my hair mm. and he drove me down the concrete stairs, all three flights of stairs. Um, I was on my back and he was, which is why I have back issues. He drove me down those stairs and when we got to the third, um, like the lower level, level to end, I seen all his friends and I'm yelling for help, like, help me. Like y'all supposed to be my quote unquote brothers, so help me. But in my mind, that's what they were. But they really his brothers, they his homeboys, so they turned their backs. Like they didn't they just ignored nothing was happening. My head was banged against concrete. I was spat on. I was stumped on. He picked me up and painted my head against the brick walls. Like, I don't even know how I managed to even get out of it. I started pulling his hair. That was the only thing that I could do to get him off of me. I pulled his hair. I'm talking about pulling as hard as I could possibly could. And I believe I took two or three dreads out, but... That was the only thing that I could do. So he left and I was stuck there. I sat there for like five minutes, like crying, begging people to help me. Like his his friend's apartment was on one side and then um, the apartment we were staying in, like I had had to walk um, past two buildings, I do believe. And when I was walking back to the house, like his friend mom gave me uh, a frozen ice bag, like a frozen peas bag Mm -hmm. to put over my eyes. Like for her to be um, a woman and as old as she was, like you would thought she was gonna help me, but that was the only type of help that she she gave. so when I was walking back, I realized that people was watching. And instead of helping, they were just sitting there watching. I didn't realize that he had stabbed a few people out there. So nobody really wanted to do anything because they were fearful of him. So um, I walked back to that apartment. And like I said, it was no food. It was no water nothing um and i sat there i was bleeding out i sat there um put a towel over my head and um the little peas 
the frozen bag of peas so it could stop a little bit. And um, I sat there for three days. I was pissy. I didn't move. I didn't have no energy. I wanted to die. I was praying. I was praying to God to take me. I wanted him to take me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to live anymore. I said, this is not even, I don't want this life. And I sat there. I didn't move. I was just like a rag doll. And I had nothing to show for it. Um, and it's crazy because the third day, the night before, the second day, my mom said she had the Holy Spirit had told her to come out there because she something about she heard that I was starving or something. Mm-hmm. So she was driving around. She couldn't remember what apartment building I was in because she never went to the actual apartment. Mm-hmm. She just went to that building. So she was driving around trying to find my car, mm-hmm. but he had took my car. Was he gone the whole three days? Yeah, he was gone. Excuse me. He was gone. He left. Um, so she was driving around looking for me. And she couldn't find the car. So she was just like praying like for me to be okay. Praying that I contacted her. Um, and that next day, that third day, I was just like, I started thinking about my son. And I was like, I need to get to my son. And... um. I prayed for the first time mm-hmm. in I don't even know how long because prayer wasn't even part of my agenda at that time. Right. At all those years, it was no, because like I said, it was like a, I didn't want to be there type thing. So I prayed and I said, God, if you could just get me out of this. So I just asked God, I said, if you give me the strength to get up and go downstairs and talk, call my mom, mm. I will never do this again. Like, I will this, I will be out of this situation. Um, and, like, ten minutes later, I was able to get the strength to get up. Mm. I mean, I was dragging, but I got up, and I went downstairs, and the man looked at me, and I was just like, can I please use your phone? And he ain't asked no questions. He let me in his house. He... Um, gave me water Um, but I called my mama and her and her husband at the time came within they had been flying up that road because they they got there quick but they tried to feed me and give me some food and my body was so used to not eating I couldn't eat Right. so they took me straight to the hospital it was so bad that the people the nurses at the hospital was trying to give me these lunches so I could eat because I was down to 85, 90 pounds. What? So the bleeding had stopped, but I was still stuck and I still wasn't eating, which is why the doctors was trying to, the nurses and the doctors was like, can you please eat something? Mm-hmm. I was severely dehydrated and my body was rejecting food at that point. Wow. So um, my mom ended up telling them that, you know, I was in an abusive relationship and I would she they literally just picked me up from where I was um the police was there the police that came they wanted information and as crazy as it sound I didn't want to 
turn him in. Like, I didn't. I was like, no, I'm not talking. Um, Which is really, really um, common. Yeah. So when we got to my mom's house, I laid in that bed, and I seen a baby. <laughs> I seen a baby running. And I looked, and I was like, and this how this part tears me up. I was like, who baby is that? She was like, Pooh, that's, that's yours. That's, that's your child. <laughs> she was like, he's walking. I miss his first steps. Um, my brother was there to see his first steps, and he called me. It's like, yo, I just seen him. He went to the doctor's office. But when I, I was so out of it, I was like, who? Why you got a baby in here? But my mom was just done for. Um, mentally, I was just done. And like I said, I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I wanted to die. Um, so that always messes, messes me up when I was like, dang, I couldn't even recognize my own child when I got back home. Um, and it still took me some days to gain all my energy back, and I still didn't want to turn him in. Um, actually, one of his closest, real close family members told me to do it, and I was just like, okay. And I don't know why it took that for me to say okay, and I still don't understand. But I did it, and um, you know they did the pictures and everything. I had to go through the court. I couldn't be in the same room. Like I asked the, um, I get, I want to say she's like a mediator, abuser, abuse mediator or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, can you please not let me be in the same room when he come out? Cause he, they had locked him up. But um, I still had to go through the court proceedings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when he came out, I was like, please get me out of here. Because he was like, he kept turning around. It was mm-hmm. just like a intimidation. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't do it. So they had to put me in another room. And I couldn't testify or anything. I said, I'm not, I'm not doing it. But when it comes to a certain point, um, if you don't do it, um, the people will, like the state or something like that. So they ended up having enough evidence where they was just like, we're going through with it. And he ended up pulling some time behind that. And that was the last time I allowed him to um, hit me. That was the last physical abuse relationship that I was in. Um, I, at a point in time, I was talking to someone, and I was hitting them. So you became the abuser? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just recently. Um, maybe like a year ago. A year or two. But he, I used to be so angry when he used to do stuff, and I'm just, my mom was like, you can't do this. Yeah. She was like, you are doing what? they used to do to you and it's not fair to him and I was I used to 
slap him on the side of his head. I used to choke him out. I used to just, but I was just angry. And, and it wasn't, because I was in a long-term relationship before then with my, um, my youngest son's dad. But we had broken up, and I think I was angry that we had broken up, mm-hmm. and I was the blame for the breakup because I didn't know how to accept the love he was giving. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I just didn't care again at that point, and I just was taking it out on everybody. Mm-hmm. So I became the the abuser wow. at one point in time. But, and I believe that one way or another, when we're stuck in those type of situations, when we have those different experiences, um, like you said, you in the beginning, you're skilled at holding stuff mm-hmm. in and back, you know. But one thing about that, just like a balloon, one day it'll pop, mm-hmm. you know, one day it's going to come out. So it's so important that we, you know, get our release, we get our help, we get that, that mental stabilization that we need because if not one way or another it's going to release right Mm -hmm. and so in your case um it started coming out slowly but when it came out it came out in a manner that wasn't you know like you Mm -mm. you grew into something that happened you grew into your experience Mm -hmm. instead of at that place overcoming your experience and I didn't realize that. And like I said, I was just angry with everything that that had happened to me cuz I was dealt with some around the time where I just started talking about everything. Yeah. Um I originally started talking about it when I first got with um my youngest son dad and that was a big issue with our relationship because I was so so many emotions, mm-hmm. anger. Uh, I had my wall up, um, built up frustration. That's when I first started talking about it. And then when we broke up, it was no other emotion besides anger. Mm-hmm. And somebody was going to feel what I felt because it's like at the end of the day, I just. You didn't have a place for it inside anymore. Yeah, I didn't want it. I didn't want to be that scared little girl anymore. I didn't want to have all this baggage. And I was so upset with myself because it's like you had a good man and you just so wrapped up in all this abuse that you had years before. And now, you know, ran him off. So I was really, really angry. And that's how it was no more sadness. It was no more it was just anger so because this is a process and you are processing um still you know and just releasing still what are some of the things that you do to cope like how are some of the ways that you release that are beneficial to you now the beneficial Mm -hmm. i go to church more often i'm learning to pray And I'm learning to write even if it's, I had a bad day. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to not, I'm trying to find different ways besides alcohol. Because mm-hmm. that's always been my go-to. 
And when I take that shot, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. It's out of my mind. And that's usually how I cope with stuff. But I've been trying. God has been working with me. And like I said, I've been going to church. I've been trying to do a little Wednesday Bible study. Mm-hmm. I write. I like to take walks. I like to sit in my car and drive. Sometimes you just, that driving, <laughs> just, it's like a therapy. Yeah. Um, I like nature. So when I do go on walks, it's like a little, little nature trails. I just, and I love going to the beach and sitting beside water. Mm-hmm. And that's how I get my, my release. I just let it out. And in your place of process, what is someone or what is something that you would tell someone who may be in a situation similar that is looking for that exit or may not even know that they need exit? I just want people to understand and realize that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be scared. That's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's a process and it's not going to just change overnight. And I want people to understand that even though it don't feel like it, you can get through it. You can make it. Like, I'm, it's been so many times where I was supposed to have been gone, mm-hmm. either by me doing it or somebody else doing it, but God, God has you here for a reason. And I, I strongly believe that now. Mm-hmm. And I just don't give up and just stay encouraged and... And if you feel like you just alone and you can't do it anymore, go in that corner and you just scream for help. And I promise. Something that So much about this testimony is we hear all the time that prayer works, prayer works, prayer works. Oh, prayer works, you know, from the youngest to the oldest, you know, it crosses our, our ears. We hear that prayer works. And something that was so beautiful and unique about your story is you got to a place where all you had to lean on was prayer. And the other side of that that story or the other, the other side to what you were saying in that time zone is your mother was in prayer too and you had no clue. Yeah. She was seeking and searching for you and you had no clue. No idea. You were in an apartment on the other side of the wall, hungry, starving, cold, just trying to just die three days in. Mm -hmm. But you prayed for strength. You Mm -hmm. prayed and God answered. God was is so intentional and he was intentional in that moment Mm -hmm. that he was working on both ends. We don't always get to see the full picture of how he's working, but he is working. And so I encourage you just to go forth in that in that prayer. Whoever you are, wherever you are in this position, in that position, go forth in that prayer. You don't have to dress your prayer up all mm-hmm. fancy and all neat and beautiful. Say what you need. Be blunt in what you need at that moment. Ask for it and know trust that he is moving he is working just as he did for her 
um, just as her mother was on the other side and she all she asked for was strength, strength in that moment. And she said within 10 minutes, she had enough strength to get down or to get up and get, go downstairs to make that phone call. Mm -hmm. And whoever you are, wherever you are, pray for that thing that you need. Whether it's boldness, whether it's strength, whether it's someone to hear you, someone to see you, pray for that thing and believe that God is working on the other end to see you through. And let me say this as well. Love does not hurt. It should not hurt. Mm -hmm. And if you're hurting by the someone, how they speak to you, if they're hitting you or making you feel less than yourself or making you feel like you don't deserve this or that, that's not love. And I thought that was for so many years. But you have to learn to love God. And learn to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And understand, like I said, you're not alone. And I'm here for you, whoever you are. I'm here, and God is too. Amen. Miracle, I thank you so much for saying yes. Yes to release your story. Yes to release your truth, what happened to you. And yes to just obeying that move in you, that feeling that you got. was like, oh, should I? I'm going to do it. But uh, I thank you so much for releasing that. Because like I said in the beginning, I truly believe that this is for someone. I truly believe that this is going to move someone. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If this is your first time tuning in to Circle Up with Amanda Hurd, thank you so much for tuning in. We are glad that you made it this far. We encourage you to go follow us on Facebook and Instagram at circleup underscore AH. There you will find all the deets on um, how to get in touch with Miracle. If you have any more questions for her, I'm sure she would love to answer them. Um, if you were just admired by her testimony, if you were admired by her story, if you know someone that maybe this story can help, we encourage you to share this podcast we encourage you even if you don't um share the podcast then share her story so that it can break through to someone else um until next time thanks so much guys bye